0: Today's episode is brought to you by Grinding Coffee Co., a black LGBTQ owned coffee business that donates a portion of every sale to charity. Coffee is imported from around the world and they pride themselves on great customer service for a small team. Use promo code PLP22 for 10% off your order. (laughs)
1: Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie's here. We're back on the F one wagon this Friday morning or afternoon or whenever the hell you're listening to this. So, Frenchie, it's livery unveil week, kind of, sort of. Are are you excited? Do you not really care? What are your What are
0: your thoughts on livery week? Uh, I was excited for the most part because we have a new car this year, but teams are already starting to play games as I think we'll probably get into in a little bit Um, with these reveals where they're not actually revealing their car. It's more just like you're saying, a livery reveal. So I don't know. We might have to wait until the first test in Barcelona to see what the cars actually look like, uh, which is kind of disappointing.
1: And I think the other thing is it reminded me how exhausting F1 social media can be because the, fans of one team are already going after the fans of another team and it's it's exhausting and it's February 9th
0: yeah I don't know if there's a more contentious I guess there are there definitely are probably really contentious Twitter groups of fans for other sports but Yeah, F1 can be really toxic for some reason. It's supposed to be kind of like the positive point of the season where everyone's getting excited for racing to start back, but maybe they're using their boredom as a negative source of energy to fight with each other. That's for sure there. Okay, trivia time. We're going to make today's
1: trivia George Russell related, mainly because it took me 10 minutes to figure out how to get my computer to work. I was having all sorts of trouble. So we have a few George Russell trivia questions here. I'm pretty sure you're going to get these, but yeah, it's fine. George Russell started in carding, was a carding champion by the age of nine, I think. So in his carding days, what was his carding number? Oh, uh, I assume it was 63, and that's why he uh, continued it. Yep, you'd be correct F4. there. He grew up carding with what
0: three other F1 drivers? Oh, um. Pretty sure Alex Albon yep. was one of them. Charles Leclerc yep. was another. And a third? Uh, maybe S. Land- Lando. Same age? Oh, so Lando. I kind of stumped okay. you there. All right. Now, for everybody
1: listening, I'm literally going down a list of George Russell facts because that's just one of those days. His, let's call it Road to F1 championships included how many different series on the way up
0: um well that's pretty tough to think about because there were a lot of them if i remember correctly uh i know he started yep. in f4 won yep. that championship then he went to f3 three at the time yep won that or not didn't win that he was no he, he won or something i don't have wait. He did that for a few years, though, didn't he? He did F one for a couple, or
1: F three. Twenty seventeen GP three title driver's title in his rookie season.
0: Oh, okay, but he was in, he was in, uh, Formula Three before that. They just called a different name.
1: Uh, GP three was F three, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. So then he yep. and then F two. So F four, F three, yep. F two. Just three.
1: I was trying to trying to trick you with the wording on that one. All right. Well, we've got some news, livery and livery discussions. I don't know what else. Frenchie's leading the
0: show here. I'm going to turn it over to him now that we've gone through the trivia. Yeah. So getting back to what you already mentioned, I'll just start with that. Just today when we're recording is Wednesday. And so far, we've only seen the Haas and Red Bull car launches. And Today, in fact, was the Red Bull car launch. And the big news out of that was that Oracle is now a title sponsor with Red Bull. So they're now Oracle Red Bull Racing. And Oracle's like a massive software technology company um, based in the US. If you've heard of Larry Ellison, that's the the founder, I think, and CEO of Oracle. He's like the ninth or tenth richest person in the world. Um I don't know. Other than that, I didn't they didn't really. Do anything for me with that launch because it was a show car
1: (laughs) yeah and i mean honestly what do we what do we expect it's red bull it's the same thing every year like i don't hate it it's just it's just the iconic red bull blue and yellow and a little bit of red as you can tell it's not my favorite but i mean it's it's fine it it is what it is
0: yeah to me it's just annoying that They hyped it up as, you know, like, oh, we're revealing the RB18. And then it ends up just being a show car with a little bit of modifications from Red Bull's parts bin, basically, just because they want to hide everything, probably, and play games. Because, I mean, it's Adrian Newey. We know that Red Bull usually has something innovative, right? And so everybody would steal it if they saw it. So they're going to wait until last minute yeah. to unveil it's, everything. It's literally
1: but, the show car they used at like the end of the 2021 season with a Red Bull livery. So people who are like, look how long the nose on the car is. Like, Really, we don't know what it's actually going to look like. So I think everybody
0: needs to relax on that one. Yeah, I think what I've been seeing and what I've heard is that if they actually showed up with that car, like it is a, an interpretation of the new regulations for 2022, but they'd probably be at the back. Because it's a fairly conservative, simple interpretation of the regulations that's just meant to be like a baseline. So don't expect that car to be what they actually show up with. So we basically just have know the livery. And Oracle only has a little bit of history in F1. They used to sponsor Benetton back in 94 and 95 when Schumacher was driving for them. Um, But other than that, I don't think they've been involved with teams. So... This is big for them, and it's apparently one of the largest title sponsor deals ever in Formula One. They're paying $100 million a year for five Lord. years, while it's rumored that Patronus, um, Mercedes title sponsor, pays only about $75 million a year. Okay, all right. So, yeah, they really wanted to get their their name out there, and I think basically the the reveal was their way to announce the Oracle sponsorship.
1: Okay, well, I mean, that's cool. You know, good for Oracle and good for Red Bull for securing long-term financial future there. I don't have anything else to add on that one.
0: We've got some other car reveals come, like this week that I guess we'll probably just end up talking about next week. Tomorrow, Thursday, is Aston Martin and Friday's McLaren's. And then we have a few more next week as well. I think four out of the five days next week, there Ooh, are car reveals. Okay. The only team I didn't realize that is not going to unveil a car before we get to Barcelona testing is Alfa Romeo. Their car comes out like two days after the testing is over, their reveal, and it looks like it's on a Sunday.
1: Okay, all right.
0: So that doesn't that doesn't give me a good feeling about Alpha going into this season, but we'll we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I. I hope they at least have like a cool like testing livery, you know, like the the Red Bull one from a few years ago. That was like the white and black that you typically see, like on a Corvette or a street car when they're when they're doing track testing, something make it at least
0: a little, make it a little funner or, or something like that. I might be asking for too much here, but. Well, I don't think we get to watch the testing. It's not open to fans and they're not broadcasting it anywhere. So somebody will probably yeah. take some spy shots, but I don't even know how open it is to the media. Yeah. All right. Fair. All right. So in other news, Uh big news, is that Lewis is pretty much officially back. For everyone who was doubting that he was going to come back this year, Mercedes on Monday of this week, which I believe was the seventh, posted a picture of Lewis with a bunch of welcome messages and said, welcome back, Lewis. So I think anyone who still doubts that he's coming back is just dying for there to be some kind of a conspiracy and is just wildly speculating. Yeah,
1: and the internet will still speculate until it's 100% official, but I've seen enough to be to be very confident that he's he's
0: close to coming back, or close to being officially back. Oh, even after it's oh, official? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Even after it's official, they're going to still they're gonna say, oh, when the FIA comes out with their findings, he's going to quit, uh, actually.
1: Yeah, can we, can we talk real quick about how the... The video of the end of the final race of the year like started to circulate on social media again of, of the Jonathan Wheatley at Red Bull yeah. and Massey communicating. like This isn't earth-shattering news. We saw this, A, we saw this live. B, it's been on the race re- replay for the last four months, three months since the season ended. So people saying, like, I discovered new footage today. No you didn't.
2: Shut up. It was on YouTube
1: for
0: the last 3 months. You're not special. They're acting like they found the secret footage of yeah. like the JFK assassination. You didn't find Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nuts. It's unfortunate, I think. And I I mean it's damning evidence against Massey. It's not good. But I think everyone knows how we feel at this point about Massey. However, it doesn't it doesn't add anything new. It's it's been there like Mike said. So People are just wanting to get riled up again over this. And I'm frankly pretty tired of it. And I actually had some news related to this because I just want to take a moment to appreciate Zach Brown. Okay. Because the guy says it like it is. And he doesn't play the games that a Toto Wolf plays or a Christian Horner plays. He doesn't whine about things. He's really into the racing. He just gets down to business. And his quote that I saw recently about this whole investigation. Was that the only thing he's a little bit disappointed about? Is that we might share the results of the investigation at the first race of the year? It doesn't take that long to do an investigation. Let's get it done. Let's go to the first race of the year, talking about the first race of the year, not the last race of last year.
1: Yeah, it's it's a not it's it's really not a good look for F one. Like, why can't why can't we have it done by the preseason? Like, I'm not asking for a lot. I'm not saying it needs to be done. A week after the race or, or anything like that, but just in a reasonable fashion, because if no, no matter what the findings are, no matter if they say Verstappen's not the champion anymore or Verstappen's still the champion, that's all everybody's going to focus on the first weekend of the year, at least until the race ends. And then it's going to go right back to that a day later. So you're shooting yourself in the foot unless I know, call me crazy for this idea, unless it's for the Netflix drama would yeah I guess right? it could be right I, I honestly didn't even think of that until I was just sitting here and like uh, it doesn't 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 give me the warm and fuzzies right now so I'll I'll put it kindly that way I'm <laughs>
0: oh boy I don't know but I just I I tend to agree with Zach Brown on a lot of things and I just yeah. thought his quotes were perfect yeah. of it doesn't take that long to like just get it done and let's move on from this because that's not what we want to focus on and For all the teams and the drivers who aren't involved, you know, who aren't Lewis and Max, I'm sure they're tired of hearing about this. They just want to get on to next season and be competitive and see what results they can get. And I think that's what most of us want to see. I agree. Thank you, Zach, for speaking up. Yeah, I I like that he's willing to criticize F1 in general and just say it openly in public. You need people like that who don't play the political games. Political
1: games are BS. I'm going to try not to curse. So much this year, so I don't have to bleep myself out. Just, just to go off topic slightly. Right? I know, I know you weren't really that interested in in my cursing habits, but
0: I don't know the threshold of cursing, like what is considered a curse on the. I podcast. don't. I don't even know if I know sometimes. Gotcha. What's next? That means you just have to be creative with your
1: insults, or uh, I have to go old school, like Gee Willikers. Type- what a what a bad man! Like you have to go like 1920s old school when like they they thought. You know, calling somebody a, a jerk was like a curse word.
0: OK, so we're, we're going to have like the kindergarten level of. Uh, yeah,
1: I also separated. regret saying 1920s because now everybody's going to call me old and I just walked, walked right <laughs> into that one. So
0: see, I don't, I don't even have that thought, but I guess that, that is now a recurring thing for you. Yeah, yeah. All right. So in other big news and actually McLaren related Lando today signed a four-year, what is it, a a four-year, five-year contract. Four-year. Four-year deal, extending it to 2025. So he's going to be driving with McLaren for the next four years. That's awesome. I mean, he's still a young guy. I think it's great to lock someone down. And I mean, he's going to get a win with them at some point during that. And hopefully it's multiple wins, if not some championships. I don't think you're off base in
1: saying that. I think it solidifies him as the... "Quote unquote number one, which is actually Lando and Ricardo came up in indie in our IndyCar episode yesterday, which you, you guys should have already listened to if you haven't. But it, Ricardo is the clear. I don't want to say number two because I don't think he's like a Sergio Perez, where you know he's going to you know hand dip Max Verstappen's French fries and ketchup and feed them to him." <laughs> but also anybody out there who makes memes or anything like that, if you can make that a meme, I will pay you $10. So that's probably a Mike McCoy thing. So McCoy, get on, get on your meme game there with, with that one. But yeah, I don't think he's, you know, that level of number two driver, but if another young driver comes in or if the right opportunity comes up for somebody, I mean, they're they're committed to Lando now. They are only committed to Ricardo for this year and I think he has an option for next year, but I don't know if it's a team option or a driver option. So TBD on on that second part of it, but yeah, I mean, it's it's clear Lando is the long-term
0: solution of McLaren or clear right now. Yeah, I think we'll get into this at some point, probably near the start of the season of who's on the hot seat for the season and who really needs to perform. And I, I think Ricardo is one of those guys who needs to show the talent and the results that, uh, what is he an eight time? I think winner, so. Yeah. Grand Prix winner or something like that. Yeah. He needs to show the pace and the competitiveness that an eight time. I think he just needs to be cons- to show consistent. From McLaren. I think that's the biggest thing is, and I don't
1: necessarily think every moment last year was his fault that went wrong, but he had a very, he's, he's been inconsistent since his, his two years at Renault. So he, he really needs
0: to kind of get that squared away with for his long-term future. Yeah, I mean, he got a win last year, and I think we forget <laughs> about that. But yep. It was a, I mean, yep. an amazing result, but Lando outshined him basically all year long except for at Monza. Yep. All right, so in other general news, there's just a couple more things to get to.
1: Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com/slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the
2: support. Now back to the show. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minterdial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969
0: Did you see actually I know you saw it because I think we talked about it that at the Autosport Awards Christian Horner <laughs> bid like 4000 pounds for a tour of the Mercedes yep. factory I love it I love every minute of it I
1: anybody who gets mad first off the you know the the money is going to a good cause Right it's, it's charity. charity thank you I wasn't like 100% sure what charity it was that's why I just the Grand you. Prix I just, why I just said charity and kept it general. But I mean if if you get mad at this, like it's all fun in games, and I hope Mercedes doesn't get too mad at this. And you know, granted, I can't stand Christian Horner in the slightest. But this is pretty goddamn funny. So I mean I'm all for it.
0: You already broke yeah. your cursing <sighs> thing if that counts.
1: Yeah, let's keep going.
0: I, I was laughing though because I, I read somewhere that I think in the fine print it says that he can't do this because I don't think anyone who worked in F1 was technically allowed to win this. So we'll see what ends up happening there. But yeah, it was funny. I I like the, the banter rather than the barbs that they were hurling at each other. Red Bull and Mercedes last season. It's a fun, I mean, to play up the rivalry is cool and to do it in this way, I think is entertaining for everyone. If you, yeah, like you said, if you get mad at this, then you probably don't have a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. So in general F1 news, something that I've been find, finding pretty interesting is that three teams and you can pretty much guess who they are. Uh, it's Mercedes, Red Bull and Ferrari. No surprise there are not excited that there's a plan to be six sprint races. I next thought that season. got cut down to three well that's what they're my bad trying my to bad. propose now no it's okay so basically the idea was let's have six because three went well said f1 in the previous season in 2021 but those three teams funnily enough the ones who probably have the largest budgets and were spending the most money before the budget caps are not happy and they they want the budget cap to be increased if they're going to have sprint races. But apparently there needs to be eight of the 10 teams in support of whatever the agreement is for something to go through. So right now we have seven. Uh, And the idea was that we would have sprint races at... I saw a list of the tracks, actually, and it sounded kind of cool. Bahrain, Imola, Montreal, Austria, Zandvoort, and Interlagos. Okay, I can... You know, those are good tracks that have, sprint. I'm not,
1: st- I'm still not sold on the sprint race thing. We've been over that one a bunch last year, but yeah, I can live with the tracks that they're, they're quoting in here, especially, and I know this is not actually going to happen if we can get the Bahrain outer loop back. Um, that would be yeah, awesome definitely. for
0: a sprint race. What if they did a sprint race on the, the outer loop and then did the Grand Hell Prix yeah. like I, on the regular track? I, I would track be fine with that. That would be cool. Yeah. But we'll we'll see what happens with this. So what, like what you said before, the idea is, okay, F1 has come back and said, let's have three instead of six because we're not going to increase the budget cap. So is that a compromise? And we're waiting on Mercedes, Ferrari, and Red Bull to say whether or not they agree. So they could basically doom this whole idea of having sprint races just because they're being greedy. No, never. Which, like you said, I wouldn't be bummed for sprint races to go away. But, I mean, it, it's kind of lame if this is how they disappear. <sighs> yeah. More more inside politics going on Wait, with these we've, teams. we forgot
1: to talk about one livery-related thing. The Haas car. E- people either like it or don't like it. I am of the opinion it looks like a tube of toothpaste. And I think I sent it to you. Uh, Maybe I didn't. Uh, There was a rendering online that instead of the matte red and blue, it was like metallic red and blue. And the metallic was badass. Like, I thought that was that would be really cool. But the matte red and blue with the white, it's better than last year's. Don't get me wrong. But now it literally 100% looks like a tube of toothpaste being squeezed
0: out. To me, it reminds me of the BMW M okay. colors. Yeah, I see that. And I, I mean, I don't think that's what Haas wants is to look like another brand. Uh, Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's decent looking. It's there's a lot of Too white much. on the library. like it. So it's just a lot of just kind of blank Ooh. space. I mean, red, white and blue it never looks bad if you're an American team, Fair. right? You kind of have to go with those colors. But maybe we should have been more prominent with the red and blue. I don't know. It it didn't look that bad, I don't think, but it it wasn't anything spectacular, just kind of like the Red Bull. It was basically what I would have expected.
1: We have anything else?
0: Uh, One last thing, yes. So this is probably going to be a little bit of a rant from us, but F1 had previously set aside a specific time during the pre-race for drivers to take a knee or do any other gesture they wish um to bring attention to social justice issues right and so it's come out now um stefano dominicali has said he doesn't want to have to do that anymore there's not going to be a specific time for drivers to do that that now it's a matter from gesture to action now the action is the focus on the diversity of our community and this is the first step he thinks that the gesture has already been important for the ones that believe that it was an important gesture that we need to respect everyone as always, but it's now time to move on and take some other action. So apparently drivers are going to be able to do these kind of um, symbolic gestures on their own time if they want to. I don't know when that would be over the weekend or if they would have yeah. the same exposure yeah. doing that. So it kind of sounds like a cop out to me. But I, I like Cali's quote about it's time for action. Like, let's actually do something. But I don't really see the point of removing this time. I mean, I guess some people are offended by it. And if you're one of those people, I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, I don't think any of these gestures or symbols were hurting anyone. They're only designed to bring about awareness and, and good things. So to take that away kind of strips F1 a little bit of its diversity or like... Um, woke credentials
1: (laughs) yeah you know the thing is the kneeling time period when the tv cameras are on gave drivers a chance to showcase you know kneel showcase you know a hamilton shirt you know something vettel would be wearing where it's getting those tbi so if they say listen we're not going to do the kneeling or whatever but you can wear a social justice shirt around the track. I know that's like kind of generalizing the term, but okay, fine. But as, as long as they give the drivers a chance to get their messages out and show action in that way and not just stifle all weekend messages, because when you're at the race as a driver, you have more eyes on you than, you know, you do sitting at home, going on Instagram to share something. So it's a perfect time to speak out, raise awareness somehow. So as long as the action doesn't include being shut down in that way, I can live with it. But I, I mean, why did it take us two years to go from some symbi- symbolic gesture to any action?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, if the action ends up being something that really makes a difference and we actually see something pretty remarkable from F1, then that's fine. We can take away these gestures. Like if you want to talk, you know, walk the walk instead of talking the talk, let's see it. But my issue is I don't think we're going to, I think it's going to be more hidden now and there's going to be stuff maybe going on behind the scenes when F1 just donates money to certain causes or something like that. And instead of being more or less a platform for people to share, you know, messages that they want to share or, um, raise awareness yeah. right about issues. It's just going to be kind of something that's now put in the background and I thought it was unique and honestly pretty awesome that F1 drivers were doing what yeah. they did kind of at the height of all the the social unrest. Um, you know, during COVID lockdown when everything was going crazy. And I think it meant a lot to a lot of people and probably if you're like me, you're going to be disappointed to see that yeah. go away. I guess things lose their meaning over time, so there's a time to stop something. If you just you know, keep doing the same thing over and over again, it's not as impactful. But I don't know. We'll have to see where this goes. I, I My immediate reaction is to be kind of frustrated, but maybe that's just I'm a knee-jerk. Cautiously optimistic right now. Okay. But on that
1: note, we'll wrap it up. Stay tuned for all the livery unveils. We'll share them out on social media all week if we haven't yet uh, already done so by the time you listen to this we'll be back next week for more news and making fun of Christian Horner and whatever else we can come up with in between now and then so everybody have a lovely weekend of racing
0: sports stars they're like superheroes
2: but they're actually real which is why we've made a podcast about them you see